Thank you. Guys, let's turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. When's the last time you were in the book of 1 Samuel? Uh, we've got a special, a special uh, scripture here this morning that I want to share with you. And I think it's going to mean a lot to us as we kind of look through this and, and uh, study this a little bit this morning. But uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this. And so uh, my lesson this, this morning is entitled, Listen. Listen. What? Yeah, exactly. And I want to ask you a question before we start. We're going to pray here in a moment. I want to ask you a question. What are the dominant voices, the most influential voices in your life, in your heart, in your thinking? There's a lot of voices out there. And uh, it's kind of crazy, that kind of the times we live in, because like now, one of the dominant voices is our phone. But when that phone rings or dings, it's so hard not to go, listen. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to listen to that. Listen, there's something important there. Or for us to kind of go through our phone, listen to the internet, or listen to the latest news, and, and we see the kind of influence that happens on us. Yeah. Or maybe it's our boss that calls us on the phone. You know, how attentive are we to that call? Or maybe it's these voices from our past, you know, that, that find their way into our thinking and are very, become very dominant in our thinking. We've got to examine... What are some of the most dominant voices in our life? And I think you're going to like this example of, uh, of, of God intervening in this young boy Samuel's life. And having him and talking to him about listening to his voice. Following his voice. Honestly, guys, the most reliable voice we should listen to is the voice of the good shepherd. Who wants to lead us. You know, besides streams of water, who wants to lead us to green pastures, who will provide for us, who is faithful, who has sacrificed for us, who has shown his trustworthiness. But it's a decision that we've got to make to, to listen to his voice. We're going to be guided by Let's pray to God and let's really ask God to help us to listen to what he's trying to tell us uh, as a community, as a church. But he, what he's also trying to talk to us about individually, and in our families, and in our relationships, and these kind of things. Let's pray. Let's pray to God. Father in heaven, we are so distracted. Father, we're so distracted by all the voices that are around us. We're distracted by the voices coming through things like our phone or TV. Father, we're distracted by all the voices in our head from our past. Who do we listen to? How do we listen? When do we listen? Uh, Father, how do we develop, you know, the, the ears, God, to hear what we need to hear? And, uh, and Father, really sort of phase out the rest of it. It's just sort of noise. Father, help us to be your children and really listen to your voice. Help us to be the, she- the sheep that really rely on the good shepherd. Father, because you are so good, and you are so strong, and you are so loving. You know the beginning from the end. You know everything about us. You know our hearts. You know our minds. You know our emotions. Father, you're so trustworthy in guiding us, uh, Father, in the good way that we should go. Father, lead us and guide us this morning, even as we open up the scriptures. God, help us to have ears to hear. Father, help us to have hearts that aren't hard. Uh, God, help us to have hearts that aren't like the path where the, the bird just comes down and, and picks it up. Or aren't like, you know, the weedy garden, Father, where everything gets choked out. Father, help us to have, to have ears to hear and hearts that listen. Father, we pray this, and we ask you this in the name of Jesus, and we all say, Amen. 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 First 
says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. And I want to stop there for a moment. Because I would argue that the times we live in, the word of the Lord is rare. But there's a lot, there's, there's more information, there's more opportunity for knowledge and for learning than there's ever been in literally the history of mankind. But the word of the Lord is rare. And it becomes harder and harder for followers of Jesus or people who really want to seek God to find his word in the midst of all of the words that are out there. But I think it's interesting because it says the word of the Lord was rare, and then it says, and there were not many visions. You know, the word of the world can be very pessimistic. It can be very cynical. It can be very untrusting. It can be very negative. And especially if we get sort of our, if we draw our emotions and our spiritual well-being from all the stuff that's out there, we can find ourselves with very little vision for our life or for the world. We become, we become sort of clouded with pessimism because the headlines are trying to draw us into a conversation that oftentimes is meaningless. It's just like Ecclesiastes says, it's the chasing after the wind. And we're running after the wind over here, and then we're running after the wind over here, and we can't see it, but there's all these kind of hidden forces that make us crazy. That's right. Yeah. And, and yet, in the midst of that, it's so important that we're not going crazy chasing after the wind. We're running after all these things like the pagans do that Jesus talked about in Mark, Matthew chapter 6, but that we're grounded. Preach, Jesus, please. But that we're having a foundation. Thanks, Janetta. <laughs> You know, I was in Starbucks the other day, and I bought a book uh, a couple of months ago called, and the book's entitled Grounded. And it's not a, it's not a Bible-based book. It's just a, a book about um, it's just a book about how to be productive. And uh, and so there was a, a young man. He's probably about 30, 35 years old. Young father came to find out later on who was reading this book in Starbucks. So I started a conversation with him. And asked him, what do you think? Uh, what do you like? Do you, do you like this book? And he said, yeah, I really like this book. It's really speaking to me. And so we had this conversation about it. And I was able to share with him some of my favorite passages in the Bible about being rooted, you know, like in Jeremiah 17, setting our roots out by the stream. And I was just talking about, you know, Matthew chapter 7, Luke chapter 6, where Jesus says, digging down deep and laying your foundation on the rock. Or like... You know, uh, Psalm 18, where it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. My God is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. And said, need that need for stability in our life. That need for reliability in our life. What can we build our life on that's reliable, that's trustworthy, that's true? What can we build a vision for our life on that's trustworthy and it's true? I think that's why Jesus, when you know he was baptized, and God said to him directly, You are my son, whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. When he was looking into his eyes and helping him to get ready for this, this three years that was ahead of him, it would be very challenging, very painful, uh, and very, very, gosh, very uh, world-changing. Um, he expresses love for him. But then Jesus, I think, in his need for clarity, 
It says his, the Spirit took him out in the desert. The guy studied this passage last week. And what was Jesus doing in the desert? Well, he was listening. And he was choosing, very deliberately, between what Satan would say and what was true. And to me, it's a great example of how, and then, and then we see him doing that often, where he would often withdraw to lonely places, and he would get with God, and he would listen to God. Where he would have a really busy day, but he made sure that he got up early in the morning, and got out while it was still dark to listen to God. Yeah. Because all the complaining, all the challenges, all the pessimism doesn't do us any good. We've got to listen to God. But what does God tell us? He tells us, I have a vision for your life. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're my son whom I love. You're my daughter that I love. You are built for greatness. Look at your DNA. Look at the image that's on every, every cell in your body. It's me. And so when we, when we go to God, we, we, we come out kind of walking on water oftentimes like Jesus did. Because he was empowered. He wasn't listening to all the words out there. He was listening to God. Listen to this. So it says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Now listen to this. Samuel answered, here I am. It's this the word Hineni that uh, Steve was teaching us about you know, a few months back. Hineni. Here I am, willing, able, surrendered, responsive to God. Or to this voice that he was hearing. But watch this. It says, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. And so he went and lay down. Listen to this. Again, the Lord said, called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? I mean, you see this kind of, you know, responsive young boy. He was probably about 12, 13 years old. But he's responsive. He's ready. He's jumping up. Eli, you called me. Kind of like we are, right? Sometimes we hear the voice, especially early on in our life, and we see an opportunity there. Later on, we get a little more confused. Who's calling me? Sometimes we're a little more apathetic. Yeah. So Samuel's phone was going off, and he thought it was his boss was calling. And so he ran to Eli. Now listen to this. It says, my son Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me? And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is what? So Samuel went and lay down his place. The Lord came and, and stood there, calling out to the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. I think Rob asked a really important question. What gets our attention? 
You know, I think, you know, God, God is trying to get our attention all the time. Say so in First Corinthians, he says, you know, Paul was going through all this hardship. And he said, you know, I went through this, and I didn't know why I was going through this. But I realized later I was going through this so that I might not rely on myself, but on God. Amen. Who did Samuel need the most at this time in his life? Was it Eli? Or was it God? So often God is trying to get our attention through circumstances, through difficulties. Oftentimes, because that's oftentimes the only thing that's going to get our attention. Because God is calling us, hey, Ryan, yo, hey, Kayla, Euro, Sue, you know, exclamation. I mean, there's so many exclamation points in here. But Eli wasn't responding to God. He was responding to, to, to the dominant other voices in his life. God, it's so important that we become a people that hear God's voice, trust it, and let it guide us. Otherwise, we're in for a lot of craziness in this world. Because there's so many voices out there. It's important for us to understand and to build our life around what's trustworthy, what's true. And who knows that better <clears throat> that our loving creator, God. Look over in uh, John chapter 10. John chapter 10. You know, when I was growing up, I had a lot of interest in God. And I, I, I kind of felt like Samuel. I don't know what your growing up was like. But when I was a kid, I often liked to pray. And I had a lot of thoughts about God. And I really felt like God had created me for something that I'm in this life for something that's important, special. And so I kind of, I, I, I really wanted to seek God when I was young. And it was a lot because of my parents. My parents, you know, kind of guided me in a way that was was spiritual, you know, spiritually based. We had a lot of now, we had a lot of really good conversations. We used to go to, uh, you know, to church um, often. And there was one period where we used to go to this monastery for church, which I really liked. A lot of young monks who were there. And one of the songs had a great singing, had this great singing thing that was going on there at the monastery. Kind of like what Larry was talking about this morning. And one of the songs, and I looked it up, it's a song that's entitled Speak, Lord, I Love to Listen to Your Voice. And that's my one point this morning. It's, it's that hard. Speak. says that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. 
And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the Word of God in real life. Jesus lived among us. He was one of the guys. He was a guy that grew up with us in the neighborhood. He knows what we feel. He faced all the temptations times 100 that we face. He faced difficulty. He faced temptation. And yet he overcame. Well, how did he do it? Well, it's right here in the scriptures. And if we will follow him, if we will learn from him, if we will listen to him, and not go scurrying after all the other stuff, if we'll listen to his trustworthy voice, he will help us to overcome too. In fact, he will help us to rise from the dead. Just like he did. There's incredible hope there. Jesus is the faithful God. But we've got to go to God like Samuel did and say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Here I am. Your servant is listening. That's the heart of God for you. And that requires us to sometimes take a break at work and get out of our Bible and listen to Him rather than all the chat. Sometimes that means, you know, we're at work in the office place. I remember doing this so many times. I, would, I worked in this tall office building, and it was just, I, I absolutely had to get up, get out multiple times a day and go pray. Usually I would just be circling the parking lot just to find some sanity in my life. You know, this means that we're getting up before the crazy day starts, and we're prioritizing. That's when even when a lot of there's a lot of important work to do, like in Luke chapter 5, that we find a way to get away and often withdraw to lonely places and to be with God. Jesus shows us and teaches us all these things. But we've got to have listening ears. You've got to say, sweet boy, your servant is listening. You know, John chapter 10. This is such a great passage. I want us just to listen to this. And then we're going to pray. And, uh, and we're going to ask God to help us become this. Verse 1. It says, I tell you the truth. Why did Jesus even have to say that? I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. Samuel! Samuel! And he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. The sheep follow him because, what? They know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Jesus is willing to reteach us who we'll hang around, even if we don't get it the first time. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. When the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, and they are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. That's us, by the way. That's the Gentiles. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. I want to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. These words the Jews were again divided. Many of them said he's demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? That's a great question. Well, the Bible's all in that. Why? We should listen to Jesus. Why would we listen to any other voice? Why would we trust anyone nearly as much as we trust him? That's right. There's a lot of philosophers in this age. There's a lot of experts out there. There's a lot of voices. There's a lot of people trying to come in. There's a lot of thieves out there who are very self who are very selfish and self-motivated when the tough times come and they're worried about Then we got Jesus. The servant leader. The good shepherd. He lays down his life for sheep. We can trust his voice. But are we listening? Let's this morning dedicate ourselves to this one simple thing. That we listen to the voice of God. Christ. Listen to the voice of God as we read it in the scriptures. We read listen to the voice of God as we hear it through song and hymns and spiritual songs. We listen to the voice of God as we speak it to one another. And we remind each other and encourage each other. It's the only reliable condition you guys. But here's the promise. When we listen to it and follow it, we're going to go along with it. Jesus came so we could have life. Father God, thank you so much for the good shepherd. God, we uh, we see we see in him you. Father, we see in Jesus your compassion and your wisdom and your love and your spirit. Wow, it's incredible. Father, help us to not be people who are running after all the voices out there. Father, help us to have that spirit like Samuel found. Father, to say, speak all your servant is listening. Father, restore visions in our heart. Father, restore health in our spirit. Father, restore love in our relationships. Father, guide us to, to victory and success in the abundant life. Father, help us to become like you. Father, here's our commitment that we will listen to your voice and trust you even in tough times. We will listen to you as the priority of our life. We will be trained by you and guided by you. And, Father, we thank you in advance for all the blessings that brings. We love you, Father. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.